I'm an overcomer. I'm built for this. Lord, I'm ready. In Jesus' name, amen. pray you were well. That's Sierra's prayer. The prayer that a lot of women have been asking for. <laughs> the prayer that a lot of people have been waiting for. Why? Because she went through a bad relationship and it was public and it was painful and it was brutal. And the soul that she is, everybody looked at it like, oh my God, you don't deserve that. And so when she was blessed with her new husband and the life that they've been able to create and the love that they have, everybody's been like, what's Sierra's prayer? And I've always laughed because I'm like, why don't they ask Sierra what she thinks? Why don't they ask Sierra what her heart posture is? And what I love is this come at a time where um, Summer Walker has put it on her album from all the pain that she's experienced to end her album, she's released Sierra's Prayer. And you had everybody posting it like two days ago. Everybody wants that type of love. And my thing is, are you positioned for it? Are you ready for it? Are you really open to receive it? And so I've been doing a new thing this week. This week, I've opened my 5am club to anybody that wants to come in. And the journey so far has been different. That's how I want to describe it. When I step into a new space or I do something new, there's normally this like bursting feeling of excitement. It's like, boom, yes, yes, yes. But suddenly I've landed in a space of what I can only describe as expectation. It feels like there's a big expectation, a big expectation that this will be the thing that changes people's life, a big expectation that for people who are already in it and people are seeing their results and now they've invited their friends, the people that are in it want their people and the people they've invited to get what they get, yet the people that are coming in want to see what their people get to see if they get the same thing. There's a big expectation that 5am has to be great and this and it is wild to feel and I sit here and I laugh because inside of me I'm like whoa the way that I've allowed myself to tune in lately I hear and feel more than I would like to if I'm honest and I'm really just like where is everybody at because it's really funny today I got asked a question like why are you even inviting people into this space and when I get asked questions like that a part of me laughs and a part of me is like really like a part of me is like it's nothing and another part is like really and the reason why I process like that is because of the expectation and I've recognized how much expectation has robbed us of our lives. When I used to coach in 2016, I developed this project called Sisterhood. And all I wanted was, I was really in this season of really knowing what it takes to like build things from the ground up. 
and I was passionate about women. I, I, I didn't feel like I had what it took to speak to men. I, I, I hadn't walked through what they'd walked through. I, I didn't really understand them too tough. Well, I didn't want to. And so I chose to deal with women. And I created this space called Sisterhood. And my only intention in Sisterhood was that we came together once a month and we would study, we would learn things, and then we would hold each other accountable to achieving what it is that we wanted to do and at the time that I had this vision not long after I was like right I need to get a business mentor I need to get a business coach because I'm not short of ideas I'm not short of taking action but how do I maximize this how do I actually profit how do I make money how do I make it bigger how do I attract more people I was asking all of these questions so I was like look I, I really have come as far as I can by myself I need a business mentor um, and I didn't need to go looking for it. I was just thinking and randomly a person that I'd been following for months and sharing their content because I, I loved what they were saying. I was like, yes, this person's like me, but they were more business orientated. So I was looking up to them like on social media, I would share their posts. I would go in their inbox. I would message them. I would ask them questions. Yeah, they were like out of my reach, but I didn't care. Um, and she randomly messaged me one day and was like, look, I'm having this private event. I'm inviting people that are ready. I've um, been watching you, yada, yada, yada. Do you want to come by? I was like, yes. And I was so like, oh my God, this shit works. When I say this shit works, I was already on the path of recognizing the laws of attraction. I was already on the path of understanding that what you put out, you get back. And I was well into my bag of sussing out, like I didn't need to go and look for it. Like I just needed to attract it. I just needed to set my energy and frequency right so that I could attract what I desired. But every time it happened, it would literally blow my mind. And I was like, oh my God, this is dope. So I was well prepared. I was on time. I was ready. I went to meet this lady um, had a good interaction anyway, signed up. So at the time I had just signed up to have a business mentor. When I told her what I was doing at that time, I had already had my dance classes. My dance classes were very successful at that time. And I wanted to feel like I had more. I wasn't going to be limited by just doing my dance classes. I was, I think I had quit work. I'd stopped working. So I just really wanted to give my all to building my brand and my business. And when I spoke to her about my idea for sisterhood, what I was doing in those months is I was getting people in. I was getting people in once a month to come and speak and share their experience, whether it was a finance expert, whether it was a business expert, whether it was a mindset expert, whatever they were that they were an expert in, that would be the theme of the month at that time. And when I spoke to her about my ideas, she said, why are you running from yourself? I said, what? No, I'm, I'm doing what I got to do. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I feel I need to do. You know, I'm doing it. She said, why are you paying speakers when that speaker can be you? And I was like, ah, no, because no, because I, I run this group called Raw and it's a team of people. And in that team of people, it's not about me. It's all of us. So no, we've come up with this idea and I'm saying this we stuff. It really wasn't a we thing. It was my vision, but I just had friends that were a part of my vision and my sisters and stuff that I would say, hey, I think we can do this. And, and they would support me and follow through. And 
when she said to me, why are you running? Like, why are you not doing it? I was like, ah, no, I'm not a speaker. No, I'm not. No, I can teach, but I'm not a speaker. And when she said that, it was so funny because who I had booked to do the first one, the dates were out. It was already being sold out. The tickets were already on sale. And last minute, I mean like lastminute.com, that person cancelled. And I was like, oh, shit. Now, I'm this type of person. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do it. So I done it. I was like, oh, my God, I have to do it. And I have to step into that room and I have to speak and I have to carry it. And it took that one moment, that one lesson to be like, you've got this. And then it was a cycle of lessons in what had already been a crazy year. It was a, I can't even describe how painful 2016, 2017 was for me. It was painful. It was intense. It was a lot. And if I could have ran somewhere and hide, which I did, I did try to run in my bed and hide and just hope that no one would find me. Like, that's exactly what I tried to do. Now, I'm saying all of that to say the lessons looked like I had to release my team. I had to stand in raw by myself. I had to tell them they could come to the event, but they couldn't like necessarily be a part of it. I stopped doing everything as raw as a team. I had to stand as Tanya brooks Carty by herself. I lost many friends. Um, I went through a craziness with a relationship. It was a lot. It was a lot of lessons and lessons and lessons and lessons and lessons. A lot of lessons happened in business. And when I look back at that time now, I laugh. And I laugh because I had a series of life lessons in a year. And what I was experiencing, many people would have quit. Many people would have said, I'm not doing this. Like, it's too hard. Because it was hard. But I'm going back to when I said that our expectations rob us. When I used to coach at that time and after it would be like every month it was growing and we would have people come along. Some of you might have been there. And I used to say to people, it's not our relationships that are disappointing us. It's not the person that's disappointing us. It's not the job that's disappointing us. It's not life that's disappointing us. It's not our children that's disappointing us. It's our expectation that disappoints us. And so from then, I really started to be clear that when I put things out, if you've ever seen me do anything, I don't really do much advertising. I don't really say too much about what you're going to get. I am in this world, but I'm not of this world by choice. Because humans have a funny way of reading something. We go to the shop, we read the back of, the, of whatever the product is, and then we're looking for everything that that product said it's going to deliver. And when that product doesn't meet your expectations and you're disappointed, you're giving it a bad review. You're saying it didn't do that. You're saying it didn't do that. But actually, what if that thing was supposed to do something else, but you completely missed it because now you're looking for that thing? 
So I never really said to anybody what you're going to expect in 5am. Why? Because I don't want you to be robbed off of your joy. I don't say to people what you're going to get when you come to my classes. Why? Because I can't put it into a box or a paragraph as to what you're going to get. I don't say to people what you're going to get when you come into the vision party, the raw tree, anything. Why? Because I invite you to come in empty. Many of us have got trust issues because we've got no faith. And so today, as we wrap up this week in guidance, I had to ask myself, like, where was I like that? And the title of the room was actually going to be, I lost my faith, but I never lost my way. There are seasons in your life where your guidance shifts because it has to. Sometimes every decision that you make has been guided by, um, do you hear my throat? <clears throat> every decision that you make has been guided by fear. Every decision you make has been guided by doubt. Every decision you make has been guided by somebody questioning you or you wanting to prove a point or you not believing in yourself. So you, you go hard against these beliefs. You go hard against these thoughts. You go hard against these decisions. And sometimes that's the very thing that you need to do so you can create an identity shift. Yet in other seasons, everything that you're being guided by, you cannot put it into words. You can't even fathom it. You don't even fully understand it. You don't know what's telling you to go over there and do it, but you go anyways. You don't know how you've ended up in the rooms that you've ended up in, but thank God you're there. You don't know how you're surrounded by the people that you're surrounded by, that in a season you just needed them. You can't trace back those steps. You can't trace back that guidance. It is faith. It's believing in the unseen. It's trusting what you don't know. And the craziest thing about the human mind is we love evidence. We love results, all of us, we love results. We love to do something and know we're gonna get this. Nobody wants to wake up and exercise and their body not change. Nobody wants to wake up and exercise and not get the results. Nobody wants to wake up and eat clean and eat healthy and then not come, not come to um, being able to see the results of them eating. Nobody wants that. But we don't understand how much our expectation can mess shit up, like seriously. And I got this lesson today because I needed it. I've been feeling it for Monday. 
I normally step into these spaces and there's this dope energy. Don't get me wrong. It's not to say it wasn't there, but the level of expectation is outweighing people being. It's huge. And I understand that that's what's guiding a lot of people. I was telling the story this morning that there was a season in my life where I chose, I don't know if I want to believe everything I've been taught. And what I meant by that was the, was the religious titles that came with what I had been taught. So I grew up a Christian and then we converted to being a Muslim and somewhere in between that, I was very intrigued in RE. I went to a Catholic school, a Catholic primary school, and then I went to a, a middle school that was, it was almost like it accepted a lot of different religions. And there I met a lot of Jews, actually. Funnily enough, a lot of Jews went to that school. And I was very intrigued in Judaism. Judaism, I can't even say that word today. And we had this girl move there. And when this girl moved, she came from a very strict Jewish background. And I was intrigued by the way, yeah, that's okay, I'm coming. She was intrigued by the way that I, that I was intrigued by the way she was living. And with her living, she was just rich. This girl used to come to school and chuck money in the air and all of us would run and catch it. It was crazy. She would do it every day. And I was like, what, what is this? And not only was it a way of her fitting in, but actually her value for money was very different. And so I used to be intrigued. I had a Muslim friend there and it was nice to have a Muslim friend because when I was, when I was in my Catholic school, I didn't have Muslim friends, but I had Muslim friends there. I had Sikh friends there. And so I was just intrigued by these differences. And I found very young that there was a common thread but actually our differences was keeping us separated. Our differences was keeping us judging other people. And then I was very blessed to move on to another school and be in school at the time of September the 11th. Because I kid you not, the day after September the 11th came, our school was segregated. The Muslims were on one side, the English people were on another side, the black girls were on another side, the Sikhs were, it was, it was crazy. People brought in their flags and it was seg like our actual school was segregated because everybody felt like they had to defend themselves. And in defending themselves, our school was at war. And who did they call to get everybody back together? Miss Tanya, Tanya, they're fighting. Can you speak to them? Because again, I had made friends with everybody. I wasn't living in the space of judgment. I had been blessed to experience different religions and different beliefs and different backgrounds to have an overstanding. But more than having an overstanding, you know a word that landed in my spirit yesterday? Is I began to have an inner standing. I knew what it was like to understand myself inside, to be able to stand up on what I believed. 
Many of us, when you break down the words understanding, we're under the standing. And then we catch some information. We go, yes, I have an overstanding. But when do you get an inner standing? When do you stand up by that what is within you? When do you allow that to be your guidance? And so what I started to recognize is not only do you have to be true to yourself, inside of yourself and outside of yourself when the world is, is feeding you and pumping you and calling you. But what I started to recognize is unless we're willing to expand our conversations, unless we're willing to expand our comprehension, unless we're willing to expand what we can take in, we're limiting ourselves. And that's how we get lost. And that's why we're forever wondering. And that's why things aren't resonating because there's nothing for it to resonate with. There's nothing for it to resonate with. So really, where are you getting your guidance from? So when I watched The Secret, and The Secret was talking about these laws of attraction, I never heard of that before. I didn't know what they were talking about. But as I watched each person tell their story, I stopped the tape. Because I was like, let me just see if this has happened in my life. And I started to get freaked out. Because I remembered the things that I'd spoken about since I was a child. I used to say what colour car I was going to drive, that it was going to be a convertible. Bro, that car was outside my house. I used to say I want to experience this and step inside of that. And I had so much examples of the things that I had spoken about. But no full awareness that actually I'd called them into my experience. I had attracted those things into my life. So the minute I heard the information and I could go back and find evidence, now I could believe it to be true. But you see expectation, we do the reverse. And it's not faith. Faith is believing in the unseen, but it's that your vibration is pure as in your frequency doesn't have doubt, it doesn't have fear, it is a knowingness that is going to happen, even if you've not seen it, even that you've got no evidence, it is a pure vibration. The vibration of expectation is different, it's dense. I can feel it. And it's not even on purpose that people do it. But I pray that you guys hear this for what it is. We heard a message today and Sarah said, call it what it is. The relationship didn't break. You just expected it to be different. So what broke you was the expectation, not the relationship. Because if you go back and you really question what that person had to teach you, you will find the lesson. And honey, you can turn that into a blessing. The expectation 
even of us in schools, in workplaces, in certain institutions. The institution has told us from day one who they are, what they're doing, what their plan is. But we expect something different and that's what disappoints us. And then when we seek guidance, it comes from the fear or doubt of that thing. So we don't trust, we don't have faith, we don't have this pure frequency and this pure vibration that allows us to get back what it is that we really desire. Because actually we're firing out rockets of desire of what we don't want and we do it all of the time. We don't understand how a thought of I'm inviting my friend to this thing and I really pray they get what I, they, I get. Y'all don't even hear how that's doubt. I'm sending them over there, but I really hope that, that it's gonna be amazing for them. But you don't even, you don't, you're saying that because you don't even trust it. This is what expectation looks like in a frequency. Whereas when you pay for something, can you book it and you say, I want that person to be there and you know they're going to be there? It's done. When you ask for the house or the car or the job or your children to break through some things and you trust it, it's done. And so when I walked into that chapter where I was like, I need to question what I believe. I need to question what I believe because actually I've seen miracles happen for my mum. I've seen miracles happen for people around me. I've seen miracles happen, but I don't really think I've been through that much to even see a miracle for me. That's what it felt like at the time. So I knew this energy was there but I didn't really know it for me. And so I had to figure out how do I connect with this energy? How do I talk to this energy? How do I vibe with this energy? How do I even know this is real? What if I've been fed a lie my whole life? And so I did what was easy. I removed names, titles, things and I tuned into my beingness I tuned into my thinking I was like can I just believe in positive things so that positive things can happen can I just do that so I shifted my expectation of religion my expectation of God my expectation of Allah and I started to say, can I count on, can I count on me? Can I believe in me? Can I just talk some things into my life and see if they actually happen? Like, can I do that? Let me see if that happens. And as I started to do it with small decisions, my decisions got bigger and bolder and bigger and bolder. Until I realized, whoa, this positive thinking thing really works. 
And because that worked naturally, I started to attract more things that spoke more of that language. I was on Amazon ordering every flipping book. I was into gratitude. I was into this. I was like, oh my God, it's not just about thinking. It's not just about asking. It's about how your vibration is. That defines the timing of when you'll receive it. And you'll never get it before you're ready. So it's about trusting. It's about waiting. It's about patience. And I just started to pick up all of these principles. And there's loads of them. And then I was like, whoa, law of attractions is just one. Do you know how much laws there are? Whoa. And then my latest thing was interchanging that word law with Lord and seeing how that worked out and what that meant to me. And before you knew it, I had to have a conversation with myself again. And I was like, it's not that you don't believe in God, Tanya. You've always believed in God. You're a believer. You believe in the unseen. That's what you do. But the titles you might have questioned, the journey you may question, but the outcome, you never question that, T. And that's when I started to hear things differently, see things differently, be aware of things differently. Because the guidance that I was seeking, it was outside of me, but it was in me. It was connected to everyone and everything, and I had to get a relationship with that. So when we go into places and we have expectation, why do we have so much expectation in people and things and none in the creator? Why do we have so much expectation outside of us? Yet we really can't even fathom the expectation of ourselves. We have a low expectation of self. That's why we're not on time. That's why we can't take time out. That's why we can't breathe. That's why we can't let stuff go. That's why we can't take a leap. That's why we can't believe it's gonna happen for us like it happened for everybody else. And the low expectations that we have of self, yo, we have the audacity to have that of other people and what they're doing. It's wild. So when you start to actually expect nothing, but be open to everything and trust more and love more, and give more. Yo, when you're a giver, you really don't expect nothing, you know? But when you're a taker, you're always looking for what you can get. I just had to call a thing a thing today. Because when somebody great is in front of me, 
like Sarah was in front of me this morning and she draws out something, I've got to handle it straight away. And that's why in my communities, I say to people, check in early. Don't wait until later on when it's shifted and it's moved and you've made up a story and you've created it. No, share it in the rawness that it is. And it stirred something in me today. It's been stirring in me since yesterday. Because I know that when people are able to feel that expectation, you know, like my son right now, he's naturally intelligent. But what's happening is he's feeling the expectation of the of his parents, like what we expect him to get in his exams. He's feeling the expectation of what the school says that he should get. And so you know what? It makes you want to do nothing. The expectation that I feel right now in just doing something that I thought was good, this is great, furthermore, that I know is great. I'm just like, let me just pull the plug. And one thing about Tanya, she not only does what she says she's going to do, but when she feels that shit is off, she pulls the plug. I pull it. Because one thing I don't mix up in is energy. Energy does not lie. People do. So I ask. And actually, maybe I'm not even asking. Maybe I'm just sharing. That we'd be so clear about our intentions in anything. Because the truth of the matter is highest intention wins. So what does that mean? You know, sometimes you will go a place and you could be putting out all day, I'm going to this party, but this party is going to be rubbish. This party is going to be rubbish, but I'll go anyways. I'll show my face. Oh, this isn't going to be my vibe, but I'll show my face. And you've got a bag of people saying that, but they're going to go but you've got one or two pure people saying this party is going to be so lit. It's just going to be lit. The higher frequency will win. That party will be lit. So sometimes we don't recognize where we're really seeking guidance from and we're not even willing to question it. Don't be prepared to settle in your life just because your expectations disappointed you. It's not necessarily the thing. It's not necessarily the person. It's not necessarily the relationship or circumstance. It's just that you had a high expectation and the truth of the matter is that thing was never supposed to reach that expectation. And if you're willing to go back, you'll be like, damn, actually, it gave me everything I needed. But I didn't necessarily want it. And that's the flip side of having faith. 
the flip side of the laws of attraction that people don't actually understand. We talk about focus on what you want and you'll get it. But maybe they should add, but beware of your posture in that thing. Beware of your frequency in that thing. Beware of what you're carrying as you focus on what you want, because guess what? You might just get that. So you go into things thinking they're not going to work out. And then you have the audacity to say they didn't work out, but you already thought they wasn't going to work out. You go into places not knowing if that's the spot that you should be at, questioning it, but you still stand there. And then when something happens there that hurts you or doesn't go as you planned, you go, ah, oh, that wasn't what it was supposed to be. No, you already thought or you was already questioning that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And that's what you're attracting. You're attracting what you expect. but many of you won't release your expectations. Grand Rising, Miss T. Grand Rising Mother, how are you? You're muted, by the way, we can't hear you. Something to do with expectations. Something to do with expectations, but I can't remember what it was. Okay. Cool. So my thing is, just like last month when we broke down being under the influence, you gotta be so clear about what you're putting out. Because what you put out is coming back. Whether you are fully aware of it or not, it is absolutely bouncing back to you. And many of us don't have... To... Go on. I remember now, so I don't remember, but I'm going to go somewhere. So, you know, with the expectation, um, there was also, um, when we listened to, I think it was Sarah, it could have been Todd, but we listened to somebody and they said, expect from God and have that expectation in God or in that aspect. So sometimes when I'm hearing expectation, it's the balance between what we're expecting of others, like you said, or what we're expecting in a, in a what's the word, from, from the ego or in a negative way. And then there's the expectation that we could put on God. So, yeah, and that's how we get disappointed. In the expectation that we should put in God? It's just the because, you know, like, when I speak to people for some reason, like some people who maybe grew up with a strong faith, for example, and then I'll say, well, what happened? Um, when did that shift or change? And it will be like, because there's poverty in the world or because someone died, or because this person hurt me. And I'm like, wow, 
So if everything went great and everything went to plan, then you would believe that there is a God. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Because technically what they're saying is they expect God to fix everything and therefore there should be no pain. But actually, if there's one thing that we know about life is that we're all going to die. We know that. It's a fact. It's something that we cannot run from. But how do we let those kinds of things affect our relationship with God? Is it because we wanted more time? Is it because they was taken away in a, in a painful way? Is it because they suffered? What exactly is the expectation? Do you get what I mean? I guess I just feel it completely different because when I put my expectation in God, it's away from me. So, for instance, with my father's life, I put my expectation in God and what it is, it is. So it's not like, why did he die or he shouldn't have died? That expectation was with the creator and whatever was going to be was going to be. So I don't understand it from that perspective of, oh, if it didn't work out like that, I can't. But you see, because you've got faith. Yeah. Do you understand? And this is what I'm trying, that's the point I'm making. Because you, because your faith in God is greater than your expectation of it being a certain way, that's where you found peace. Do you understand? So if people had that with all of life, everybody would be cool. If we actually trusted that everything is as it's supposed to be, and we expect greatness from ourselves. We expect greatness from God. It doesn't matter if the thing doesn't look great. We know that greatness can come through it. It doesn't matter if the thing doesn't feel good. We still expect it to turn into something good. This is what I'm saying. We have low expectations and all that's being met is our expectation. I'll be like, okay, why do you want me to come? And again, it depends. If I don't know what it's about, I might say, why do you want me to come? That's it. And that's it. That's, that's, that's all that that question this morning is about. Like sometimes when we're inviting people to something, they think that we think something is wrong with them or that they need something. They don't understand that, oh my God, if something is blessing you more or you could find peace or you could find, oh my God, wholeness. Like, I don't have that stress anymore. I don't have that worry that you're presenting. I don't have that 
I need to lie down in bed all day now and just switch off because I've found something that's helped. It's not saying that there's something wrong with them. It's just saying that there's something that could add value to you. But do you see there the expectation? This is what I'm saying. We have low expectations of ourselves. Yeah. This is like... There's the person that you could give a million pounds to and just give it to them. And they would be like, oh my gosh, thank you. Notice I said there's the person. Yet there's a million people that are going to question why you gave them that a million pounds. What do you expect from them? Where did it come from? And before you know it, you've robbed yourself of that blessing. It might sound contradictory to when I'm saying question everything, right? Don't just swallow things. Don't just take things in. But when you actually fully understand the universe, everything has a flip side. Everything. I, I, have, the, I have the flip side as well because this week things worked, <laughs> things worked really differently because you said to us, invite people to 5 a.m. And I say... Every time you say invite people to Clubhouse, I do. If you say invite people to Elevate, I do. So when it was like invite people to um five to five a.m. this week, I was like, oh, I've so much people. I don't want to feel like I'm bothering people. I don't want to feel like I'm pestering people. I don't want to feel like I'm begging people. So this was my thoughts, yeah. And actually, that expectation what you're speaking about, because I have a love and an expectation. Generally, so that there's no more worry from my friends or there's no more anxiety or there's no more complaining, yeah? It's like, okay, cool, come come to this. This has really helped me. And then it's like, no, it's all right, it's cool, I'm fine. So I wasn't going to ask anybody. And actually, <laughs> actually, you know, it's a pleasure when I see some of my friends just signing on for themselves because they heard the invitation in Clubhouse. And they came because then my expectation gets out of the way. And there you go. That's it. I prepare the co-creation between the two because there is something in my expectation, but there's also something in their expectation. Like, why is this person inviting me? Like, what do they think I need? What, What do they, you know, and you said today you said take what you need whatever you need and what's amazing is is when it's something that could really change people's life people question it the most again because expectation of self is low yet if you hollered at the same friends and said hey I want to go to a party this week I want to go to I want to turn up and go to the party do people turn around and say what's wrong with me why are you inviting me? Huh? You said it yesterday, and I think I said it yesterday, and after I said it yesterday, you know, somebody asked me if I was okay yesterday, but it's done all right. Anyway, it's the thing what you said. You could post um, a beautiful picture, or you could post a plate of what you're eating, and you could get a million comments, but if you say, come and do exercise or come and do mindset or whatever, you might get three or four people because however people feel about that in themselves. 
And so my conversation today is just really reflecting back. I'm really in a place of looking for every time that I found my way, how I found my way. What's guided me? What supported me? What's allowed me to have the courage, the resilience, the strength, the faith, the trust to actually, I mean, actually believe in something greater. Many of us can't change our circumstances because we don't believe they can change. Like the actual belief is that it can't change. You're saying with your mouth, you want different, but you're sitting in your thoughts of it can't change and everything has to be in alignment. Today, Sarah said, many of your breakthroughs are in your mouth. Isn't it interesting that that was the whole sermon, it's 0808, that um, Zachariah, when he was being blessed with a child, and you know, in a child, it's an ex like the woman's expecting, and in the expecting, in that expectation, there's new life, there's hope, there's dream, there's whatever. I would have never have thought that what I was carrying for nine months, 40 weeks in the bundle called Tanya would have been what she is, who she is, what she's given me. I, I don't think that there was that expectation in me. So Zachariah, because he was standing in what is and looking at what is around and looking at what is possible, he was about to say, no way, that can't happen. That's rubbish. That's because sometimes we are always looking at ourselves from where we are right here, right now. We're not looking in faith. We're not looking at what is possible. We're not looking at what's ahead. We're just like, we're right here, right now. I can't, that ain't going to happen. And because he was going to speak himself away from his blessing, his mouth was shut. It reminded me of my mum, Tanya, hush your mouth. Man, it reminds me of when I'm coaching, and I say, shut your mouth. When I'm coaching, I tell so many people to shut your mouth. And that sounds so rude. But it's not rude when I know what they're about to do. They're about to affirm and recite and repeat and affirm and recite and repeat a cycle that the only reason that cycle is still existing is because you are affirming it, repeating it and reciting it. What happens when you shut your mouth? But we don't get it because apparently that's rude. And that's why I was talking about having an inner standing. You can't stand up in your life when you can't stand up inside yourself. Some of your voices of conviction that know I am not going to be in this position in 10 years. I will not be experiencing this level of relationship. I will not be settling for this paycheck. You know what that voice sounds like in some of you lot? I, I'm not, I'm not going to be here in a couple of years. I, I possibly could be out in a different thing. I possibly could experience something else. That's your inner self? Do 
y'all see the world that we're in? Do you guys see what you're up against every single day? How's that voice working out for you? I think I can hear it when you just confess. Because when you confess, it's good for your soul. So if that thing had you hostage, you know, if the fact that I used to go in the shop and steal had me hostage, when I confess, when I bring it up and I say, look, I confess I used to do that, it's in that confession and it's in that conviction. It's like when you look at the word conviction, you hear a convict and convict is normally somebody who's, you know, robbing teeth and it's a convict, it's somebody that's in trouble. So conviction, if you could speak past that thing that's got you in trouble, past that thing that's holding you back, if you could have conviction, confession, and like you said, I like that one, inner standing. <laughs> if you could stand in it, you just freed yourself of so much. You've just bust those chains. You've just unlocked those doors in your confession and in your conviction of standing in, the, in this moment and, and knowing what's possible. That's faith. I, I don't, I, you know, when you're speaking, Tanya, I don't see it that you lost your faith. I see it that you gained your faith because sometimes our faith was in what mum said about Church of England or what I said to you guys you could get from Islam or what, like our faith was in that thing, but we had to gain faith for ourselves. So oh, honey, faith, I, that's why I said the room was I lost my faith. I never lost my faith. It's just Clubhouse and someone's going to see that title and come into the room. <laughs> it's, 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 it's that game. When you come with titles for rooms, you've got to recognise who um, <clears throat> you're calling in. I, I, I'm recognising that I'm pouring. I'm pouring so much and I'm like, where's it landing? And it's not for me to figure out where it's landing it's not for me to define where it's landing it's not for me to even know where it's landing but it's more for me to trust that it's landing and a part of the game of having a business and, and being a speaker or even if you're a writer your title grips people if you lot are posting videos on on reels or tiktok the first two seconds guarantees if someone's going to watch the rest of that and so you're leveling up. It's like, I know what I've got to speak about. I know what I want to say. I know where I want to go. And I know that the people who are listening are going to come in. But how do we expand and reach more people? How do we allow, allow this message to touch more ears? I've been getting a lot of signs through, through numbers lately and everything keeps telling me, step out of your comfort zone, step out of your comfort zone. I'm like, if I hear that one more time, and so I do things that I don't normally do. I ask people to share. To be honest, I would never ask anybody to share anything that I do. Because my ego tells me not to do that. And so I'm like, if I'm really, 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 really blessed and witnessed, enticed, leveling up just from what God is doing, I share that effortlessly. 
But the minute that I put Tanya in that gap, a cup of tea on that podcast, my face on that flyer, I don't want to share it anywhere. I don't want to share it anywhere. Since Clubhouse has appeared, have you seen Tanya on Facebook? No, you have not. You barely see me on Instagram because if the vessel that is Tanya could hide, she would. And so I'm in this constant battle with like, God, but I know what you're doing. And, and, every, and then there's so much parts of me that will reject me. I, I can talk to you guys because I know my story. I can coach. Why? Because I can hear it. Why? Because I live it. so taming my beast people in elevate will know it's stirring i set rules i have boundaries and i'm very respectful of people but old child when i feel disrespected i am a beast because i am willing to protect what's mine at all costs and you're in this constant hmm, it feels like a battleground with this is who I am and this is what I'm expected to be. I know it. I know the season my son's in right now. But that's the same place that you find yourself if you're willing to actually question and continue to quest in that place. I was in that season where I was questioning what I believed against what was around me. And it was this is who I am and this is what's expected of me. But who am I going to be? You'll come to that season many times in your life. Some of our mouths are peeled a bit because we're in an environment, whether it's work, whether it's relationship, whether it's a parent or a daughter or a son or a dad. And we're constantly saying, yo, this is who I am. But in this situation and scenario, this is who I'm expected to be. And as much as you've got those expectations of yourself, guess what? other people have got them against you too. And because you're not aware of your inner being, or maybe you're not paying attention to it, or maybe you just don't fully understand it, you're not even willing to question when you're in that space. Neither are you fully willing to listen. So there's a coach T that isn't going anywhere. 
And whether some people want to call her Becky, whether people want to call her Coach T, whether people are like, that's Tanya. Believe me when I say it's the same person. And when she gets rattled up and she needs to shell down some things, she acts like a mad woman. And the way that I have to balance that person on a daily is crazy sometimes. And right now I'm very aware that new people are coming in, they're rising at five o'clock, but I'm not prepared to settle on what we've built. I'm not prepared for people to roll in two, four minutes late. You understand? I'm not prepared for certain thinkings to even be in the space. If I build with people, I've done it from day one, it could be a dance class and an attitude walks into that door, an attitude and energy and the whole class is lit and there's this, I ask that person, can you please leave? I've done it for years. Heck, if my sons come into the house and their energies, I say, yo, 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 get your jacket and your shoes, get out. <laughs> I've been doing it since they were kids. When they were young and they wanted to get on, open that door, stand on that doorstep, get it together, but leave the energy out of my house. The house that we're building in Elevate, oh, believe it's a house. As much as it's a school, it's a home, it's all of these things. And we've got to be so responsible for the energies that we let in. I'm thinking the balance 
I prefer to just say, and you hear and you know where I'm coming from. Some people have been really great at masking that and it kind of comes out all together, but it stinks. So you're- I'm laughing, I'm howling, I'm actually on mute, howling. And the reason why I'm laughing is, it really is nothing but expectation. And I just hope that people see it in their life. We, we, we have, it's funny, we have high expectations of everything outside of us. And that disappoints us. Yet if we don't have the expectation and we just start to be more open to things as they are, we actually start to practice the principles. I have that I need, I have all that I need. Everything in life is working out for me even when things are not prospectively, I promise you, you find how they are. So even in this, in terms of opening the doors to a space that has been sacred, Elevate is a sacred space. It's been a beautiful space. I'm not saying that it's not beautiful now, and I love how many people have just come in open, but there's also a lot of people who are coming in like, why am I here? But I don't know why you're here, why you're waking up at 5 a.m. with that attitude. Personally, I personally don't understand that because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with an openness. But we're not all there yet, and that's fine. And so I will always get a lesson. And if the lesson is that Becky needs to reveal herself, oh, Becky will come to 5 a.m. I won't tame her because there's new people in the room. That I won't do. And Becky might make some people not log on on Thursday and so it be. Because Becky don't play no games. And we can't afford to play about what we love. We can't afford to play about what we've built. We can't afford to play about the boundaries that we have around us. And that's also why expectation disappoints. I think, I think as well, it's so funny because yesterday I was messaging you as the mother, make sure that your mouth is, is clean. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, look at you, look at you still telling her what to do. Even though if, she, if, if Tanya requires to speak like Tanya, not that I could necessarily change that. I didn't even I'm, see that, did you? I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, and this is what I'm saying, it's even those expectations that I feel. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And again, it's not a bad expectation. It's just that you're my mum. You can see me open in the space. You want me to be in my best light. And if to you that looks like making sure my mouth is clean, I'm not swearing, I'm not posting this or showing that then that's what you want but Tanya being Tanya that will make Tanya skin out her whole self because that's who she is is that hard to accept as a mother raising a child like that I think so but at the same time you're going to be you and when you when you're saying it out loud it's not a case of you know I want you to be anything different however it's like the space is opening, and yes, mummy's expectation. I said to your dad this morning, I said, it's so funny because I would always say my grandmother has her Bible in this hand and her bad words in the other. So when people hear us speak sometimes, they say, Christian, da 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 whatever you hear, that's good for you. But when you hear me busting my bad words, that's still me as well. 
you know, um, I'm not saying I want to practice going around just busting bad words for the sake of it, but if I feel like one needs to come, I'm going to bring it out. However, I'm there now when you're opening the door, messaging you, thank God you didn't see it, you know. Because, yeah, because sometimes Tanya's mouth, things just drop out, and it's so funny, because Tanya, I feel like Tanya's mouth is like that, and my mummy says, say to me, Christina, your mouth, you open it and things drop out, so you kind of see the reoccurring pattern. And however, my expectation would still be like, T, you don't need to do that. Just like I know I don't need to do it. And this is the thing. I don't need to do it. And I and it's not like I have to do it. But what's so funny is when I look back in my timeline, both my grandmother's mouths foul and not foul publicly. And the worst thing is not even to say they would swear they today Sarah was talking about communication and not necessarily what we say but how we say it and I'm telling you my aunt could say go on the M4 and play with traffic but it sounds like a swear word she didn't say a bad word but she said you need to go on the M4 the M25 and play with traffic you know those kinds of things make me laugh they sweep me to my belly and they bring me great joy like great joy and they're parts of me I'm not going to let go I'm going to enjoy for the rest of my life I am and I claim that as the Caribbean in me I love it when I hear people say go by the salt pond and suck salt I love it I love it so much I'm not going to let those parts of me go. However, what I'm saying is I did this thing once and I went back and I looked at my grandparents on both sides, my great grandparents, what I knew of them, and then all the way down to my parents and myself. And I found all these traits and I was cracking up because I was like, oh, my God, wow, like, wow. My sons, both of them, they say we don't speak because if we speak and we say things, people are not going to want us to have said that. And I said, and you speak anyways. And guess what? As their mum, when they speak, I don't like it. It's very plain. They don't swear or conduct themselves like that, but it's just very plain. They're guys. Guys don't beat around the bush. It's just straight to the point. It's black and white. But they've got a mother who's like that and grandparents who are like that and great grandparents who were like that. Like, I don't mean to be funny, but what do I really expect? And yes, I sink in chairs sometimes when we're in rooms and I cover my face because I just think, I don't know what that's going to come out of their mouth. But it's who you are. Growing up with my friends, they would say, Tanya, you say some things that just don't need to be said. What they really should have said is I say things that they're not comfortable to accept, but it's the truth. And maybe 10 years, they'll thank me. Five years, they thank me. Even a couple months later, they thank me. But there was a season, just like I wrote the room, I lost my faith and I've never lost my way, that I wouldn't speak up because my mouth was like it was hurting people. It wasn't my intention to hurt people, but I was just speaking the truth. And guess what? The truth hurts sometimes. And the crazy thing about the truth, the truth hurts, but it will set you free. Many of us are living lives consumed with lies that will keep us tied. 
the truth hurts, but it will set you free. And the position that I've placed myself in, in the rooms that I'm in or the spaces that I open, oh honey, one of my only intentions is that we speak the truth. We are honest, open and transparent. And not all of those conversations are pretty. They ain't cute, they're not nice and they most certainly do not comfort you. And actually that's what a lot of people want, the comfort. And I'd rather comfort you with the truth that may feel like a dagger. That's what it feels like sometimes. It feels like a wound, ow. But when the wound is open, guess what? Now the light can come in. And that's not what we give ourselves permission to do when we live in expectation. Some of our relationships could have been so different if we just accepted them for what they were. Because the truth of the matter is people show us who they are in like 0.2 seconds. We just believe in potential. And we're not open to learning anything past these little paradigms that we've already got. And the whole point of growth is that you extend those paradigms. Honestly, I've been saying this, I said it so many times on my coaching calls, even yesterday. If you walk into a room knowing something's in there, every time you go into that room, you're going to see that same thing. Even though people could have placed five different objects in there, 10 more objects, if your awareness is not on them, they're there, you just can't see them. So what now happens when you expand your awareness and you see different things and you allow different things to come in and you're open to different things? Your expectation shifts because that's only got to happen to you once or twice that you become aware of two different things you go into that room the next time you now become aware of three more things you actually walk in there with the expectation to get something that's what's happening for a lot of people who are used to 5am they expect to be lifted why because they came in there with probably no expectations didn't really know what they was going to get and then when they got it it was like oh my gosh i need more of this and they're trying to share that with people they love or people they want to take on the journey or people. And I did something for business where I was asking everybody, can you sum up in a sentence what Elevate is? Or can you sum up in a sentence what you get? Nobody could do it in a sentence. So it's an experience that if only you allow yourself to fully experience it, then you'll know what it is. Apart from that, I can't tell you what you're going to get. I can't tell you what to expect. Neither do I want to. I just pray that you're open. I don't know what you're going to get from this conversation. I don't know what's going to land. I don't know what you need to hear. I can only be obedient to speaking and sharing what's on my chest. That's all I can do. Things would be so different if we just did all that we could do with what we've got and then we just let it be. 
but we worry about where it went, who it went, what did this, why it did that. And that's all madness. We just got to let it be. Come rising, Miss Dixie. Come rising, you okay? Yes, girl, I'm good, how are you? I'm driving to work, but you know when you're just driving, you're just like, I can't, I can't sit here in silence. And I'm talking like, tell me, close mouth, don't get fed. And as you know, I was the expectation queen. <laughs> <laughs> And you gave me a whole word, actually, because um, I'm sure other people in the room can be a testimony to that. I know some people can be. And um, you know what really came to me? When you shift expectation for intention, the whole game changes. The whole game changes. And I've actually just got clarity as you spoke because I've had expectations of someone <laughs> in my life, big expectations of them. And I never had them before. And this is another thing that happened. I never expected, say, my children to be intelligent. Do you know what I mean? I don't expect them to go to school and excel. I just expect them to be whoever they are. But yet when you then get calls like they're top of the whole school, they're top of the whole class, their grades with this, now I expect you to deliver that every time, all the time. And we don't understand that just that expectation shifts the whole energy. Whereas my intention before was just be great. When my intentions before would just be yourself. My intentions were that they go places and they're blessed and they'll be a blessing. Do you understand? Now my expectation is like, I expect them to be understood. I expect them to be great. It's, it's completely shifted the conversation. So when we now have intention, 
if all of us that were in Elevate before walked in and we were like, we just intend this is going to be exactly what it needs to be. We intend this is going to be dope. Do you know how the vum the space changes? If we just intended for things to work out, like with a knowingness, they're going to shift. With a knowingness, they're going to change. With a knowingness that it's going to work out exactly as it's supposed to be, our expectation dismantles. It actually dismantles things. It destroys things. Having expectation actually can make things be awful. But it's different. Yes, when you flip that on its head and you expect greatness from God. You expect God to turn things around. You expect that you're going to do great things. When you actually start to expect that level of yourself, that also changes the game. I love that, Dixie. Thank you. Miss Bev, Grand Rising, how are you? Grand Rising, I'm good. How are y'all doing? We good, honey. We good. Um, I was just listening to my amazing accountability partner, Miss Dixie Ann. You brought me back to just so many expectations that I've had, expectations that I've had of my parents, expectations that I've had of my partners, expectations that I've had of my children, expectations that I've had of myself, or lack of expectation of myself even. That was kind of interesting. The expectation that, and I said this to you before, that somebody was going to come and save me. I, I never ever thought or expected that I could save myself. And that was just like, nah, 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 nah. you know, I never dared to dream or hope that I could save myself. And the biggest um, revelation last year, year before last, was the expectation I had of my siblings. My living in a household um, with domestic violence, where, you know, there were some really hard things that we had to pass through as children. And obviously, that has manifested itself in each of us differently. Right or wrong, good or bad, it's different. And I felt that when my dad reached out for help, it was our, our opportunity as children to, you know, gain some peace because I said to myself, my goodness, if something happens to him tomorrow, how are they going to feel that they didn't make peace with their father? You know, so I'm like, you know, you guys, we have to come together. We have to do this. We have to do that. But it didn't go down very well. And I did not get the uh, reaction that I expected to get. And I was really hurt. I was angry. And for a while, I, I, you know, I had to really fight with that. And, you know, thank God I had some really good friends, some of them in the room with today, who were able to kind of counsel and talk me through that. And because as far as I was concerned, my father had five children. So therefore, 20% each, we should all be able to manage this thing and fit it into our lives in such a way that we can, you know, all cope and but that wasn't what the plan was. And, and I fought with that for a very, very long time. And eventually I realized that it's not my responsibility to, to, to choose whether or not they make peace with what's happened. It's their journey. It's not mine. And that 20% of mine, I chose to do it at 100% capacity. The other 80% is not my business, you know. And as Dixie said, once you release that, once you let that expectation go, it's a complete game changer. And life has been so 
so much more different. It's just been more peaceful and I'm able to go to my siblings. I'm always going to them, you know, like with shade. Always say, yeah, well, well, if you've done this and you could, you know, not anymore. I'm just at peace with it. So, um, and it's beautiful. And I, as Dixie said, I feel so much better within myself now. And I can just call them up and not actually have to talk about my dad. I can talk about whatever I like. Or I can send messages and say, dad's well, dad's not well. It's not on them. It's just all about what I can do for him and the expectation that I no longer place on them. I only have expectations of myself. I love that. That's been a really, really beautiful point this morning for me. I love that because that's a, and that's another point. The lack of expectation that we have for ourselves is crazy. Like we expect the world from any everyone else, but we just don't have that level for ourselves. Mad, but it's it's so beautiful when you release the expectation because it actually creates that space to be, and then it is what it is, and whatever it is, it's supposed to be, and it's whatever you make it. It is so crazy, like we will have a bad relationship and then we expect every other relationship to be great. And that's not say I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? But it's where the expectation is coming from. It's not coming from because that's just really what you deserve. It's actually coming from you just don't want to experience what you experienced before. So you don't realize that actually your focus is on the before that more often than not, ah, you've attracted it again. This is the part of laws of attraction that people don't hear under what they're doing or what they're saying or what they're putting out. But this is why it will rob you of your joy. We've got Dom saying expectations is the root of depression. Expectations is the reason why us as humans feel failure. A thousand percent. Because there is no failure. When you're walking towards something and it just doesn't work out how you wanted it to, you recognize that's just a part of the journey. But when you live in expectations, the failure that you uh, uh, um, associate with that thing, that can knock you for zero. That's like when I was talking earlier in my year of 2016, 2017, when it was hard. Yes, I told myself I failed. Yes, I was like, this is shit. Yes, I don't want to experience any of this. Yep, I'm not getting up. I'm not trying. But then it was like, well, then that would have won. No, T, get up. Get your ass up. We go again. And we just realize it's a part of the journey. Sue has said, living in a world of expectation can result in missing out on your blessings of course a thousand percent and i can feel it this week a lot so let's all release our expectations miss yes you know when you can relate to a word so when you were speaking about guidance with expectation i said to myself does the blind man expect the guide dog to guide him I'm not laughing. <laughs> what? So he's received a guide dog. Yes, he does. And I, and I think, of not, yes, I think not only does he expect the dog to guide him, because I've always found that fascinating, you know, but he actually trusts in the guidance of the dog as much as he trusts within himself. So they have to take the steps together. So he has 
faith that the god that the dog is trained to guide him and then he could step in faith with that dog because he believes that it's trained to guide him yeah it's like have you ever seen a blind person walk with just a stick but they are blind but they can travel anywhere go anywhere with this stick and I'm like wow we we are guided a lot by what we see this is a whole nother conversation but I'm just going to leave it briefly we are guided by what we see and the pictures that are um transferring information into our minds and especially as you guys see that they're creating this virtual world understands the level of control that is about to take place and so if you can't see beyond these pictures that are all around us, beyond these, um, beyond all of this information that's been sent into us, we're gonna, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be controlled to a different level. And this is why you've got to be able to see beyond what you see. And is there a difference between trusting and expecting? I think they feel different. They do. Yeah. For, for me personally, I think there is a vibrational frequency that is different. They land on a different frequency, hence why you get a different outcome. Okay, because scripture says that people were blind. And I think that sometimes, you know, you went on a journey with what you saw, how you interacted with it and what you took. So sometimes it is like when people are observing from this side, they're blind to what's beyond that because they don't have that knowledge. They don't have that comprehension yet. They can't see beyond where they are. So when I'm looking at the word guidance or, you know, um, everybody that's come up, Dixie, Bev, you know, I'm not sure what, what Claudius is going to share and Claudine, but so far they've been put through a process. You know, Dixie was stuck like a record.
our expectation of Tanya in the sense of um, expecting Tanya to give energy to a question that was asked to her by her mother, but she didn't give it any energy. Gave it thought because she came back and answered the question um, very, very um, well. But wait, before you even go on, do you guys see that? So I've come off of 5 a.m., yeah? I've gone straight to my exercise class. After my exercise class, I've sat down to do Clubhouse. I haven't had a conversation with you guys. I know nothing about what you were speaking about. Do you understand? But I know that people in Elevate know that I know. But when I tell you, lot, I hear things. I, I need you to understand. I hear so loud. So when I'm on a screen and there's 20 different energies, I hear it in the purest form. As much as I hear, and, and I want everybody to know, you look, everybody has the potential to do this stuff, right? This is what I'm saying. When you have an inner standing, you're connected to everything. Can you just stop spiritually eavesdropping? It's rude. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. That's that right. But then in Tanya speaking and telling people today, um, this morning on Clubhouse, blah, 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 blah. That's how quick she processes. And I've seen it. I've, you know, that's how quick she creates. So she's great. She knows where she's going. She, she's built for the season. You know what I mean? She's seasoned. She's seasoned. She's seasoned in this, um, in this season. And all I can say is that I don't know what the hell I gave birth to. Yeah, because <laughs> I've been asking God for the last two days. What I've been mean. <laughs> telling me, <laughs> I don't. When I mean give birth, I mean what I've walked first. Mum gave birth, but I gave birth first, so you understand. Mm. I don't know what what was in me when I gave birth, but um, oh my God, oh my God, it's unreal, unreal. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Love it. Love it to the T. Love, love the work you're doing, Tanya. Um. I just, um, I'll wait until um, Embodiment Friday to tell you about my experience and that's where I'll leave it. Oh, we're ready. We'll be waiting. And one thing I want to say is, you know what these two souls gave birth to? Their ox skin. They've, they've, they've been asking to seek life in a different way, understand things in a different way, know things in a different way, just like many of you lot are asking. And it's coming through your womb, it's coming through your children, it's coming through your seed. But we run from it when we see it. When I see my sister battle with mental health, I know what I've been asking. I want to understand things. That's not me calling that experience into her life, but it's recognizing that by me being in her life, I'm asking some questions. I'm figuring out some things. I'm researching some things. I want to know some things. The people in your family that are broke or the people in your family that are rich, the people that have good health or have bad health, you're asking to know about some things. You're asking to heal. You're asking to trust. You're asking to not control as much. You're asking to be loved. And there are so many examples around you that are answering your question. But my question is, are our eyes open to see it? Are our ears open to hear it? Are our hands open to receive it? This is what we've got to start asking. We're asking for so much every day of our lives and the answers are all around us. 
But again, if we're living in the expectation, if my parents lived in the expectation of whatever they may have expected me to be, I've disappointed them. That's not me saying they're not proud of me. No, what it's saying is, I don't think I'm ever going to be what anybody expects me to be. I actually think I wake up <laughs> causing havoc <laughs> of purposely trying not to be that. My rebellious nature is, is crazy. That's why when I coach people that are hardened and rebellious, I know you people, I know me. But when I listen, oh my God, do I listen. And when I suss stuff out, oh my gosh, do I suss it out? We're all the same. But some of us don't claim all parts of us. I'll claim them. I'll claim the Becky, the Shaliqua, the Shaniqua, the Laquida. Someone said they think Tanya's got about three personas. Their maths was so off. I've got about 150. But we all have fun. Miss C, Grand Rising was good, Queen. Thank you, Daddy. Grand Rising, everybody. This morning, uh, I was sat thinking, Oh my god, what do I talk about this evening? What am I going to do in my room on? And everybody's come to the stage and given such beautiful contributions, and then it just landed. And I was like, Thank you, because when you're just open to receiving, it really allows the things to come in. So, um, I've listened to everybody, and I was like, Wow, like. We're coming to the we're in the final week of guidance in Elevate. We're in the final week of understanding, and we've done a lot of talking um, this month about guidance and where that comes from. So this evening, I'll be delivering my room on releasing our parents. It's so important. Everybody's talking about expectations and our foundation, our base, where that expectation initially comes from, is in our relationship. If you're on an elevator, you better catch it with our parents. Relationships are the foundation to life. They are the key. We spoke this morning, Sarah gave a word on communication. A lot of us can't communicate past our expectations of our parents. We can't communicate past our parents' expectations of us. We can't communicate past our inner child because we're not allowing ourselves to be open. So tonight, Coach C is putting on her hat, I'm claiming it. I called myself a coach this morning, and we're about to release our parents, and I'm so excited. Coach C! <laughs> My mum done this with me a few years back. She came home from a call she was doing, she said, Claudine, I'm cutting the call, I felt like I wanted to cry. I thought, you're doing what? You're letting me go? But it was needed. It was needed. If we don't cut the cord, if we don't cut the umbilical cord from that baby and that mother, the child's not going to flourish. The child's not going to be able to live. The child's not going to be able to be. It's time. I love that. You know why I love it? Because um, we're getting ready for this retreat. And, and every time I get ready for a retreat, yeah, uh, yeah, stuff starts to happen um, because it's the rebirth. And I love that Claudine's going to cut the cords today with our parents because over the next month, oh, what we're about to go into. <laughs> it's good. Um, 
but when we cut the cords, we recognize that that baby is no longer being nourished by that thing. And so then it finds independence. And many of us struggle with that. And if you really study like history and how people are really naturally supposed to give birth, actually, you will allow the cord to fall off by itself. You don't cut the umbilical cord um, in a way that we do it here, like in the westernized side of the world. Um, they allow like it to, when it comes off by itself, they allow that process to happen by itself. And many of us don't know how emotionally, spiritually and mentally we haven't cut those cords. So we absolutely are living in the expectation of our parents. We are living in what they expect us to be, in what they expected us to do, in what they expect us to become. And we have no freedom. And you know what's even more beautiful? A lot of us don't even know our parents' expectations for us. We're living in the idea of the expectation, not even the expectation itself. And the crazy thing about it is we don't even have trust. Do you understand? Because we're so heavy on the idea of the expectation, there is no trust. One thing, and I don't know when it happened in my life, I don't know, I don't know when it happened, but I just feel like my parents gave me permission to be me. And what's crazy is they were crazy strict, like crazy strict, in my opinion, very strict. But that was just a boundary. Do you understand? It was actually a boundary that protected me. It wasn't a boundary. It wasn't a wall, should I say, that stopped me from growing. It wasn't a wall that, that stopped me from expanding. It's amazing because in this month, we've spoken so much about parents and the belief systems. And you spoke a couple of, it might have been last week, about mum or the week before. And that season of our life where she was sick and understanding the different choices that we made in that season makes me understand why you can run the way that you do and why sometimes I've got cruel. Yes. In that season. Because that's what I'm saying. When dad spoke last week, I got clarity. The fact that he didn't say he was leaving or that, something in my head clicked that went, okay, T, you got to do some stuff by yourself. I don't think that clicked in C's head. C was fully a daddy's girl, a mummy's girl. Do you understand? What clicked in my head was I need to be there for my mum. And how that mapped out was I was always sick. So I was never at school. I was at home vomiting, 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 vomiting. So I could be close to my mum. My mum used to take trips to America. When she went, I'd be sick the whole time. I used to travel to my aunties in London. When I went to London, I'd be sick the whole time. When I was away from my mum, I would be sick. So I developed this idea, and obviously, guys, I can only figure this out in going back, that, oh, my gosh, I need to protect my mum. If I'm there, I can protect her. That's what I developed. The doctors never found nothing wrong with me. It's so funny because even now, with my daughter being unwell, she has a... When she's not well... There is a, mum, you've got to come hospital. Mum, you've got to bring me food. Mum, you've got to cuddle me. Mum, you've got to... And otherwise than that, my daughter is very, very independent. Um, and when she goes to this phase, it's a pattern. And what I can see 
and hear from what Tanya's saying now and from what Claudine has spoken about, I can see my dependency on my children and how it comes back, how it mirrors back to me in how they act. And one of the things was um, when I developed cancer and I was unwell, Tanya instantly said to Claudine, stop asking her questions. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. And it's the difference between how they both think. So Tanya's head will instantly, and then she was next, she was little to nothing then, and her head would instantly just go into, okay, stop asking questions, stop stressing, we've got to do the work. And Claudine would go, uh, uh, uh. And it's also how we Honestly, I love it. Coach C's in the building. She she Claudine's dope at getting things up. And I'll tell you why, because I will stir you up, but I'll leave you in your stir. She's she's gonna nurture you. I don't, I'm not, I'm not gonna nurture you guys. I'm gonna stir you up and I'm gonna let you figure it out. Why? Because that's who I am. She's gonna stir you up and nurture you because that's who she is. When you really start to live a life of purpose, you get to take all of you into the building. You get to take all of you and build a brand if that's your calling. You get to take all of you and assist wherever you're assigned. But one thing I will say is in a practical situation, let me tell you what it planned out like. We got into a really bad car accident a few years ago. It was a bad car accident and we spanned like maybe five lanes across the motorway and into the side. And the only reason that we stopped is because the wheel got wedged under that barrier thing otherwise that car was about to flip and it was going over because that car was not stopping and I say the only reason that it stopped practically was that thing but actually the only reason that it stopped was God legit but in this accident I was in the passenger side of the car Claudine was somewhere in the back along with other people and someone else was driving the car now the side that got hit and stopped was my side so the the bonnet was all the way in the car was crushed. I couldn't get out on my side. Ladies and gentlemen, she's actually quite doing it really quite unjustly. <laughs> right? Me as a as their father, you know, I could have lost three daughters in the swipe of one stupidity, one stupid move that they've made. Right. And I'll tell them now and I'll tell you how it went. Right. They're going to Birmingham. They're in a little car. When I mean a little car, it's a little Corsa or a little Fiesta. Right. Ask Tanya how many people are in the car first before I carry. I was skipping that part, but there was six of us in the tiny Ford Fiesta. And three of them were my daughters. So when they've crashed, because Daddy gets the phone call and Daddy drives straight up the road. Well, I look at this car and it was parked outside my house for X amount of weeks before the insurance pulled it away. Well, I looked at that. I had to give, I give God praises because as you said, it was, if it wasn't for the fact of God, the creator, right, I could have been three minus three children. It was a bad, when I tell you guys a bad accident, it was, and all of us came out untouched, unscraped, like seriously. And the car that hit us 
from our right hand side. So if you visualize we're going down the motorway, that car was on our right hand side and it hit us. As we're spinning across five lanes on the motorway and this car is tailing us, this car span in front of us, behind us, in front of us. When we stopped, that car was head on facing us. Crazy. But in the midst of this, she's she's got she's got traumatized yeah but in this car the four that was in the back and i'm in the passenger seat and the driver can you lot understand i got out of that car before everybody i climbed through the window of the driver's seat over her and got out of that car because i saw smoke and the engine was in and i thought my legs were broken so the minute that I realized my legs weren't broken and I stood up, I said, thank you, God. And I ran. Obviously, there was a lot of people in the car. But I thought quick. Because although it wasn't our fault, it would have been our fault. And actually, when everybody came to that scene, there was about five cars that pulled up because everybody thought people in that car were dead. It was that bad. Everybody ran. Is everybody OK? Is everybody breathing? These lot were stuck. They were stuck. They were stuck in the car, frozen, frozen with shock. Frozen. Okay, so I've realised I'm thinking you talking about this. I'm still stuck in the car. Frozen. I haven't actually left the scene yet. I'm still there. There you go. And that's what trauma does to some people. Since that day, we used to go to Birmingham every year. Claudine's never come to Birmingham with us in the car. She won't go past that point where it happened on the motorway consciously. It's real life. It doesn't have to be big things. But what I'm trying to say is who you are, it shows up everywhere. I was fuming at them, livid, because I couldn't believe that. And first of all, you lot are sitting in this car. This car's about to blow up. Get your asses out. But second of all, actually, the very person that was willing to give us a lift on the stupid move that we were making would have been the same person that was going to be in trouble, badly in trouble, and lose her car. And all of you lot, especially the people that jumped in at the last minute, are just sitting there. Now, I'll take the risk for my sister. You feel me? So I ran up that motorway. I ran, I ran, I ran until I got somewhere. And I said, Dad, I don't even know where I am. Don't tell mum what we've done. Come and get us. And I said, just drive, drive past them like you don't know who they are and come and get me. And when I saw my dad's face, when he got to me and he saw what he drove them lot past. We, uh -uh, we weren't we weren't telling mum because mum was about to cuss our asses out we weren't having it as <laughs> well that day a certain season in life they know who's gonna what i'm gonna speak but they know that you you're then not gonna you're not just gonna speak you're gonna be over and and you're gonna hit them with it from left and right where i would just say to them like, you know i might be just grateful and just speak and be cool like that they'll get a different conversation from you than what they would have got from me. You understand? So they, that day then, they understand who to go, all right, dad's the first one that can get there. If I'm about, I can get there. But at the same time, I'm going to be a bit different about it. You know what I mean? It's the look at, the same same time, at the same time, your dad still rang me and told me. We well, know that. Yeah. we already know that, but it's the, <laughs> there was a level of disappointment that we weren't ready to accept from you because we had to find it in ourselves we had to balance ourselves dad was going to handle us very differently dad was going to be disappointed and not say he was disappointed until he knew we were all okay and so mum was not going to let that slide what are you doing we would have had it all 
but we just couldn't process that at that particular time. Do you hear what 909 Angel Number says? It suggests that your angels are telling you that even though part of your life may have been altered, halted, changed, things will ultimately turn out the best, like a blessing in disguise. So you don't want to be on the other side picking up anything. <laughs> but the thing is, do you know what? That day significantly changed my life. It changed my friends. It, it, it revealed to me who I was actually with. That day significantly changed my life, that one car accident. And for me at that time, I was the only one that had two children. And as that car was spinning, I just saw my son's face flash in front of me. That was it. I wasn't living that get lit, turn up life. I knew that I had to live a life of purpose. I knew it. Not that I wasn't already, but I knew that day that I was no longer sitting on the fence. So funny, when I got blues, I told you in it, coming back from the blues, I ended up, you know, call it bridging a lamppost after one of the blueses and um, lost my memory. <laughs> they were like, you have a little daughter, Claudine, because was a few months old. I was like, who? For hours, I, I don't know. I didn't even go hospital, silly person. So when we say about um, things that happen in one generation, like there's patterns you would see in your family, there's a certain pattern that might keep occurring. And as Claudine said yesterday, she's going to read Peace from Broken Pieces by Learning. I would just say to anybody that hasn't read that book, please read Peace from Broken Pieces because it scares me sometimes when I see things that I've been through, that my girls are going through them. And... Yeah, we got to break those patterns. So can we be looking forward to these cords being cut for people? I'm so glad when I cut mine. Claudine, what time is it going to be? Claudine, can you find that tune? Terminus, take those chains from up my feet. I want to rock to the beat. That is the end! <laughs> <laughs> Could I've never heard that song in my life? Yes. Um, so guys, thank you. It's been a good room. I feel we got there in the end. I feel like we all got clear on our expectations. And um, yeah, expectations come with disappointment used in the wrong way. That's just how it, that that for me, that's just how it works out. I think it's so much easier to go through life being intentional. Shift your expectations to intentions. What does that mean? Name and claim what you want and stick to it, literally. Go into a place. Normally when I, and actually see this is a reminder for me, when I open anything, one of the first things I get everybody to do is set intentions so that they already set an intention for what they want. And the way the universe loves me, allows me to pick them up and then it gives everybody what they need. So actually that's what I'm gonna to do tomorrow. I'm gonna to get everybody to set intentions. Um, there's sometimes things that we do as a practice, as a base and we forget to teach it. But I always say to people, when you start your day, when you go into anything new, set intentions, set intentions. Mr. Claude. Um, I'd just like to, on the back of that, as my mum would say, God bless her, as a man thinketh, he shall be, you know. And that was her saying. So, 
You know what's so crazy? Before I come into this room, let me tell you, our spirit is so real. I was looking because I was like, I want to start sharing um, some of the stuff that I've read that stuck out in my brain that just really, and I got up and I've been looking everywhere for As A Man Thinketh, that book. I've been looking for it everywhere. I can't see where I put it. It's, it's so thin that it's on my bookshelf, but it's probably in between the books. But that's another book that, when you really want to understand thinking, I, the book is, I don't know if it's less than 30 pages. It's a tiny book, but the principles are a blueprint for life. As a man thinketh. So that's so funny that you just bounced that back to me. Thank you. But I wanted to share something. I randomly opened a page of my book. One of the books that I'm actually studying, not even reading, because you have to study this book. And I brought this book for pretty much everybody in my Elevate squad. It says, who says you can't, you do. Who says you can, you do. And the, the page that I randomly opened it on is called Creating Purpose and Enough Emotional Charge. <laughs> In order to be successful, you must have purpose. In Napoleon Hill's masterpiece, Think and Grow Rich, he presented the idea of a definite major purpose as a challenge to his readers to ask themselves, in what do I truly believe? According to Hill, 98% of people had few or no firm beliefs. This alone put true success firmly out of their reach. His journey also consisted of researching and interviewing 500 of the most successful people in the world at the time. Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, Henry Ford, F.W. Woolworth, Rockefeller, William, and Franklin Roosevelt were only a few. These highly successful people displayed definite patterns in their attitude. But at that time, which was not so different from our era, most people had serious misconceptions of the qualities that brought them success. Negative emotions such as fear, selfishness, and resentment were the sources of failure. This came as a big shock to most. The opposites of these attributes were found to be some of the secrets to success. But it was said that everybody must discover this on their own and thus gain knowledge to really influence their lives. In my experience, achievers who think that winning means they have to be arrogant and heartless in the process, they actually lose more than they gain. They may have gained money, but they lost everything else, including themselves. There is a way of gaining what you want while staying true to yourself. And that's what real success consists of. Your worth consist in what you are and not what you have. I love this because it gives you a task. Look at your wants list. Ask yourself, what do I want? Why do I want what I want? And note as many reasons as you can as to why you want that. Write down why you must have them and why you will not settle for anything less. If you do not have a clear understanding of why you want what you want, then you will not enhance the emotions that create the certainty to obtain them. Passion builds up. 
It's not something that you just find at its peak. The exercise is crucial for assigning passion to your desires. Stay away from writing what you don't want. For example, I want whatever because I don't want to be poor. Instead, you would write, I want whatever because I want to feel like I have accomplished what I'm worth or because I want to give my family great opportunities. Go away and write that list now. I dare you guys to do it. When you add a feeling and a desire to what you want, it builds passion and momentum. And that's the parts of the law of attraction that many people don't focus on. Yet, many people are asking and focusing on things from expectation. And with that expectation comes resentment, comes fear, comes doubt. And so actually what you then attract is the fear, the doubt, the resentment. So it's been a while since I've said it, but I used to say it a lot. Clean it up. Clean it up. I look forward to calling cutting those cords later and I look forward to seeing you guys in the room or back at 5am tomorrow or back here tomorrow with Miss Dixie and Miss Christina and I'm sure they will have a lot to share because this week is doing something. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation and thank you all for your um, contributions and um, yeah sharing and contributing. I feel like we landed and I feel like I've got even clearer after this. Definitely shift those expectations to intentions and it changes the game. It changes the game. Any more last thoughts from anybody on the stage or anybody in the room? No, we all out? Okay, cool. I'm going to end with the same prayer I started with. We had a room this morning and Sarah was talking about your breakthroughs in your mouth. Sierra changed her life with the power of this prayer. But guess what? Her heart posture had to meet the prayer. Her expectations had to meet the prayer. Dad, did you have something to say? Just one more. You know me, I like the sayings. You know me, just before we go, and you say about undoing and doing that and um, being stronger in, in mind and all that. So I just like to leave the room with cheap thoughts, bring cheap returns. Yes, I am. Uh...